Well, good morning. It is good to be with you, and it's good for us to be together. In October 1863, President Abraham Lincoln set aside the last Thursday in November as an annual national holiday. And in his proclamation, this is a portion of what he said. The year that is drawing toward its close has been filled with blessings of fruitful fields and healthful skies. To these bounties, which are so constantly enjoyed that we are prone to forget the source from which they come, others have been added, which are of so extraordinary a nature that they cannot fail to penetrate and even soften the heart, which is habitually insensible to the everlasting, ever watchful, excuse me, providence of Almighty God. In the midst of a civil war of unequaled magnitude and severity, which has sometimes seemed to foreign states to invite and provoke their aggressions, peace has been preserved with all nations. Order has been maintained, the laws have been respected and obeyed, and harmony has prevailed everywhere except in the theater of military conflict. While that theater has been greatly contracted by the advancing armies and navies of the Union. And he continued to express more along that line. Giving of thanks ought to be a constant in our life particularly in our lives, who are God-fearing people. It should be something that we share and participate in on an ongoing basis. Such should be done at the end of the harvest, rightfully so, but also at the beginning of the planting season. We ought to pause to say thank you at the end of the day, as well as the arrival of each new day that God grants us. And yes, thanks should be offered at sumptuous feasts, but also at a very simple fare. Truly genuine thanks grows out of hearts who are deeply thankful. I begin with a question as we just kind of talk a little bit about this, and that is, are we Are we filled with thanks? That's the word thankful means, is it not? To be full of thanks. If you're thankful, you're filled with thanks. Are our cups overflowing with it as the word suggests us to do? You know, being full of thanks should be simply a way of life. And especially for us who are Christians and disciples of Jesus Christ. It is an essential part of walking in newness in Jesus Christ. It tempers us. For example, it it tempers how we interact with one another. It guides us through the so-called mundane routines of living as well as upholds us through disappointments and discouragements. We are actually commanded to fill our lives with thanksgivings. It is a commandment. It is a responsibility that is to be part of all of our relationships 
in all of our activities. And our reading this morning, Colossians, suggests that. It's just one of the many places that the scripture talks about being thankful and giving thanks. In the third chapter, verse 15, again, it reads, Let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts, to which indeed you are called in one body, and be thankful. He continues in the 16th verse, Let the word of Christ richly dwell within you, with all wisdom teaching and admonishing one another, with psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing with thankfulness in your hearts to God. 17th verse, whatever you do, whatever you do in word or deed, do all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks through him to God the Father. And one more just taken from Colossians there in the fourth chapter, verse 2, where we're instructed to pray. It says, devote yourselves to prayer, keeping alert with thanksgiving. When you take a passage like this, this, at least in my estimation and in my judgment, is that clearly every aspect of our lives, everything about our lives need to be adorned with thankfulness. Is that true all the time? Only we can individually answer that question for ourselves. But we do see that in our world today, Ingratitude is something that is familiar. And ingratitude is something that hurts relationships. It hurts our relationship. It damages our relationship with God. If we are ungrateful people, if we demonstrate ingratitude, clearly that is going to impact our relationship, our walk with our Father in Christ. But it's not only something that hurts the relationship we have with God, but also it is something that hurts our relationship with with one another, with people. In Romans chapter 1, in Romans chapter 1, in verse 21, as Paul, through the spirits, you know, is able so, you know, successfully to define the problem of humanity, relates that problem to the idea of ingratitude. In verse 21, it says, even though they knew God, they did not honor him as God or give thanks, but they became futile in their speculations and their foolish heart was darkened. So what we see here is in Romans chapter 1 that a root cause for a depraved society multiplying sin is simply a failure to be grateful. That's part of the problem. People are not grateful. They're not filled or they're not thankful toward God. And so when there is this ingratitude that is prevailing, whether it's in an individual's life or in society's culture, when that is going on, clearly that's where you will find selfishness and discontent, and greed, and covetousness. They will flourish, and they will thrive and grow when there is ingratitude prevailing. Even to the point that there also lead to other things such as bitterness and resentment. That's going to start growing too. 
And such leads to things that we describe as thoughtless, inconsiderate, foolish, and darkness. Gratitude is not just something we express in a prayer. It is to be core to our character. It is to be who we are. We are to be thankful. And clearly, when we are being thankful, that often it's going to overflow. It's going to be expressed. That's going to be a natural overflow. You're going to give thanks when you're being thankful. And so here we are in, you know, in our country, in our history, you know, where we celebrate a national day of thanks. But that's something that we should be celebrating every day. You and I especially. We need to be celebrating every day as a day of giving of thanks. Genuine thanksgivings really help us to handle life. It helps us to handle the cares that come our way. It helps us to handle the stresses and the burdens that you know, seem to sometimes pile up because that's life. There's a lot of care to living and there's a lot of concerns that weigh on our hearts because of life and living in this world. And so our Christians never going to be apprehensive. Our Christians never going to be fearful. Are we never going to be anxious? I think I could confidently say no. There will be moments that we wrestle with life and all of what it brings and throws at us and piles on top of us. The Holy Spirit, you know, through Jesus Christ and the writing of Matthew, teaches us about worry. It teaches us about anxiety, particularly there in Matthew chapter 6. And it's a familiar passage, a text in the Sermon on the Mount, where in simple terms, he just comes out and says, David, don't worry. But I worry sometimes. And so I have to work on that. So yes, we are going to be, there's going to be times that we are apprehensive or we're afraid or we're anxious. That is just part of living in this world. But the point is, when we are focusing on being grateful or showing gratitude, being thankful, when I'm filling myself with that kind of mindset, or at least trying to fill my life with that kind of mindset, and I'm trying to outwardly express that, that's going to help me handle the things that get thrown at me. Life has unpleasantries, does it not? There are things about living in this world that are very unpleasant. And, it, and there are uncertainties that make us very apprehensive. We don't know what is coming tomorrow. We don't know what will happen tomorrow. It may be great and, what, and it may not be so great tomorrow. We don't know. So there are uncertainties about living in this world. Cares must be tended. Burdens get heavy after a while. 
we tire, we have limitations, we get weak, and we stumble. So no, to say that we will never have these kind of emotions or feelings or struggles would just be deceiving ourselves. And yet, the thankful heart who unceasingly gives thanks at all times has a tendency of being able to clarify his vision and also has a tendency to be able to renew his spirit so he can endure and he can persevere through all of those cares and those stresses and those burdens and anxieties that do hit us from time to time. Because thankfulness, being thankful and giving thanks does not eliminate, it does not take away all of life's hardships. Just because I'm being thankful and I'm trying to communicate that in a proper way, in a proper spirit, doesn't mean life is not hard. And it doesn't mean that life it will not cause us to struggle in different ways. No, those things are part of this broken world that was marred and still is so marred by sin and death. But being thankful and genuinely communicating that kind of thanks helps us deal with life. In Philippians, Philippians chapter 4, verse 6 and verse 7, you turn and you read two very familiar verses that perhaps you read often from time to time, where the Holy Spirit says to saints, he says, be anxious for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God, and the peace of God, which surpasses all comprehension, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Here we are promised God's peace, the kind of peace that's going to guard our hearts and our minds. But notice that peace that's going to guard our hearts and our minds is promised to the one who's offering all of his requests. He's bringing all of his requests to God with thanksgiving. One thing I think that jumps out to me is the fact, okay, the fact that we are being told to bring our request to God suggests I have needs. I have needs that I cannot do and fulfill and complete without God. I have concerns. I have wants. There are going to be things in my life that I need to take to God. But when I do that, he says, it needs to be coupled. It needs to be balanced. It needs to be harmonized with giving thanks as well. It's that combination of cultivating reliance on God while at the same time being thankful toward God. Those two working together through life's day-to-day -day struggles and hurts 
just doing that, those two things, cultivating those two things is what will help us achieve that peace of God that's going to guard my heart and my mind. Will it always take away the pain of the body? No. Will it take away all the, the hurts of this world? No. But it can guard your heart. It can guard your mind in Christ. When you cultivate those two things, reliance on God and give thanks to him. Over in 1 Timothy, 1 Timothy chapter 2, there's instruction given to us about praying. And in this prayer included is this instruction, this teaching, this command that I need to make sure that thanksgiving is a major component of, of my prayers. So verse 1 and verse 2, it reads, First of all, then I urge that entreaties and prayers and petitions and thanksgivings be made on behalf of all men for kings and all who are in authority so that we may lead a tranquil and quiet life in all godliness and dignity. So here again is instruction. Here's a command you know, to us as God-fears, disciples of the king, that as we approach heaven's throne... You know, we are to have lives that are filled with this gratitude, and we are communicating in that properly. It strikes me, though, when I think about this passage and the instruction that is given, that this call to develop an overriding attitude of thankfulness for all kinds of people and circumstances— yeah. And so this is a very broad instruction about prayer, praying for all men and includes people in authority and as it relates to your life and your future. And so this instruction about, okay, this needs to be done with thanksgivings or thankfulness. Well, this is being written at a time when global and national environment was growing more unfavorable to Christians. So this instruction is being given a time where globally and nationally, you know, life is getting harder for Christians in a sense, in an outward way. And as you study the New Testament and you look at the first century and the second century and the third century, we see the intensity of how persecution increased and more and more Christians were dying for their faith. So that's what's looming in the future. That's a big, that's a big concern. That's a big uncertainty, is it not? And yet... We're, we're told, even when those things seem to be looming in, the, in, in our future, he says, okay, yes, bring it all to God and pray for all kinds of people in all kinds of circumstances. But when you're doing that, don't forget to make sure your prayer is also filled with the giving of thanks to God. James 1 tells us that good things and perfect things come from the Father of lights. 
God is our father, and he is a God of light. In verse 17, it says, every good thing given and every perfect gift is from above. Every good thing given and every perfect gift is from above, coming down from the Father of lights, with whom there is no variation or shifting shadow. So ultimately, whatever is truly good, that is from above. And whatever is truly the perfect gift, that is from above. Because our God is a God who illuminates. Our God is a God who enlightens. He is a God who shines even in those moments in the midst of dark times. He shines through. When do you appreciate light more? When do you appreciate light more? At least for me, I don't know about you, but at least for me, when there is an absence of it. You think about the times when you, we, go, we have a period of weather in Tennessee and it's gray you know, and it's just rainy. We got, we're getting in our rainy season. You got these dreary days and we start dragging around. And then you got that first day after a week or two of that, that kind of weather. And you got a clear sky and blue and maybe some puffy clouds up there and the sun. And you step out and like, wow. Because... You experience the gray, and now you appreciate the light. And how, how truer that is when you're talking about other matters of a deeper nature, when we experience an absence, and then that light starts shining through, and you begin to see it again, and you begin to feel it again. A genuine acknowledgement and a genuine proclamation that we are beneficiaries, that we are recipients of God's goodness, we are recipients of God's light, that kind of acknowledgement and that kind of communication makes for healthier relationships, but also it makes for a healthier me and a healthier you. When we are being thankful and we are giving thanks. Hebrews 13 verse 15 talks about the responsibility of praising God. He said, let us continually offer up sacrifice of praise to God. But he goes on then to finish the thought with this. That is the fruit of the lips that give thanks to his name. We need to be praising God every day, particularly through Thanksgiving. Or over in 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, you've got three very short verses where we are told, beginning there in verse 16, he says, Rejoice always, pray without ceasing, and then thirdly, in everything, give thanks. 
For this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. I know I'm not saying anything that you don't already know. But it's good to be reminded. Yeah, and of course, our national holiday just serves as a nice little platform to take a moment to say thank you. And remind us all to say thank you. Thank you, my God, for making me a person and giving me a soul. Thank you for blessing me with earth to enjoy and establishing the heavens to inspire me. Thank you, my God, for sustaining me daily, loving me even when I did not love you, and even sacrificing your lamb to atone sin. Thank you, my God, for suffering long with me in my sins. Thank you for cutting my heart with your gospel and telling me what I must do to be saved. Thank you, my God, for washing away my sin through Christ and adopting me, making me a first fruit of your creatures. Thank you for patiently helping me grow, teaching me your righteousness and blessing me with brethren. Thank you, my God, for providing an advocate for me, forgiving me again, assuring me victory in the Lord Jesus and anchoring me with hope. Be thankful and give thanks. When we slow down and maybe clean out some of the clutter in our lives and truly think about it, truly think about it. We have a lot, a lot for which to be thankful for. And that was just the short list. Gratitude helps us to prioritize. But maybe more so than that, it is gratitude that makes us better people. God, through his son, Jesus Christ, offers each and every one of us the greatest gift possible. And that is the gift of salvation. The gift of salvation. Don't neglect it. If you've called upon the name of the Lord Jesus Christ and you've been brought into the family of God, he's adopted you, he made, he's made you his son and his daughter. Don't neglect your salvation. 
keep working it out through faith, working through love, with trembling and fear before God. But if you've not rendered obedience to the gospel of Jesus, he's calling you right now. Don't neglect your salvation. There's a gift that's being offered to you, but you have to act upon it. Will you confess your faith in Jesus, in the gospel? Confess that you believe him to be the Christ, the son of the living God, and that he, yes, died on Calvary's cross, but then he was raised up victoriously on that third day. Will you confess that today with a genuine faith? And with that confession, repent of your sin and call upon the name of the Lord Jesus Christ in baptism. And God will keep his promise. He will, he will wash away your sins through Christ. And he will adopt you as his own. And he will guide you every step along the way. Whatever your spiritual need may be this morning, we invite you and encourage you. Please come forward, make your wishes known, while we stand and sing the song that's been selected.